gospel, go ahead and take your Bible and turn to the book of Philippians, New Testament book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. As you're turning there, before we read God's word, we prayed just a few minutes ago, but I want to pray one more time before the ministry of the word. And I want you to bow your heads with me, and I want to pray a very, very specific prayer. Would you agree with me in this prayer? God, I want you to show us, please, anything from our past that is keeping us from living the life that you desire us to have. I, sh I pray that you would show us anything in our past that holds us captive. Reveal it by your Holy Spirit. Lord, it may have happened years ago. It may have happened last week. But if it has a death grip on my heart or on my mind, on our hearts or on our minds, would you help us put it behind us to not look back and to be free when we leave this place today? That is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of you who are just listening to this sermon, maybe you're in a car, what I am doing is I am affixing to this pulpit a mirror. It's a rear view mirror. It's actually a motorcycle rear view mirror. I've been preaching at pulpits for a long time, but this is the coolest pulpit I've ever preached from right here. Because this thing is part Kawasaki right now. <laughs> you understand, you understand what a rear view mirror does. I mean, we all have you arrived in a car today that has at least one rear view mirror. I think by law you need at least one. Probably on either side and one perhaps in the middle. And we know what those are for. They are so that we can see, we can glimpse at, and we can uh, uh, be aware of what is, what is behind us, what is approaching us. Has this ever happened to you? You're tooling along, all of a sudden you hear this big clunk and you look at your rear view mirror <laughs> and you see if anything is bouncing down the road. You hear a siren, you, you look in the mirror, if it's all about you, you. We understand the purpose of rear view mirrors. They're not very large. They're not nearly as large as the windshield. Uh, but, but it's important for us to occasionally look back. But again, I'm speaking to a lot of people who've done a lot of driving it is good to have a rear-view mirror, but you want to be careful that you don't spend too much time looking in the rear-view mirror. The Bible talks about things that are behind us and things that are ahead of us. You think about the things that are behind us. There's a lot that is behind us. In fact, as we go into God's Word today, this was written a long time ago. The stories that we're familiar with, the powerful, incomparable, 
spirit-filled stories that are in the Bible are all talking about past events. And when we go through those stories and we look at them, uh, those true stories, then, then, then in a sense we're looking back. But ultimately we're looking ahead. So the Bible is filled with examples of things where we look back but also look forward. Philippians chapter 3, you're there in your Bibles. In Philippians chapter 3, in verses 13 and 14, Paul wrote this. He said, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If you're familiar with Philippians chapter 3, you know that the Apostle Paul, earlier in the chapter, and actually even in the chapter before, had been writing about things that he had done and the man that he was and the person that he was becoming. He spends time not only here in the book of Philippians, but other places where Paul talks about some of the accomplishments that he had, some of the titles that he once wore, the heritage that that he was all about. He spends some time looking back. But here in this verse, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it's all forward direction. I want you to notice some of the words here. He uses words like, striving toward, you see that word on the screen, or those words, striving toward, pressing on, a goal that's ahead, a prize that awaits. Now, I really like these few verses here. They're they're powerful verses because as believers in Jesus Christ, there is so much around us and there is so much ahead of us. There's so much that is around us to experience in Christ. But there's so much ahead of us that we're going to experience in Christ. I referenced a few, a few minutes ago that we have had a, a couple of funerals this last week. Actually, I've officiated at four funerals in the last uh, two and a half weeks. And, um, and, I'm, so, and I'm reminded whenever I take part and am honored to take part in a funeral, I'm always reminded of what we have looking forward to us. Some of you have friends or family members in the last few weeks or maybe in the last number of months that they, they, they looked ahead for so long, they were anticipating that, and, and now maybe we're looking ahead just a little bit more ourselves to what God has for us in the future. And yet I have found that many people spend a lot of time looking back through a rearview mirror, as it were. And I'm talking not just people, but, but believers. Let's, let's qualify it here. There are many followers of Jesus Christ, people who have surrendered their lives to the Lord at some point in the past. And you know that the eternal part of you is in his hands and that when you die, you're going to go to be with him in glory and, and he's changing your life right now. But, but, but there are people, followers of Jesus Christ, who in conversations with them and observations of them spend a lot of time 
maybe even too much time looking back. Let me give you some examples. There are some people who look back and in a, in a, in a rearview mirror, as it were, and they see their regrets. They see their regrets. The things that they wish would not have happened, but nevertheless happened. Maybe there are Maybe there is here this morning persons who look back on a, on a marriage that failed. And, and it's real, but you, 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 you tend to look back at that a great deal. Maybe, maybe you regret the parent you were. I, I've spoken with people, and, and, and within just a short time of talking with them, they will say something about, you know, I was a, I was a wretched parent, or I... I look back at some of the things that I failed to do as a father or as a mother. Or maybe you look back at, with, at, with regret and you spend a lot of time looking back uh, and, and remembering the child that you were, the son or the daughter that you were. Oh, if I could change that. But you can't because, right, we, once it's done, it's done. And we can't, but we tend to look back. Maybe there are some people here who, who have a great deal of regret over a job that was lost or a business that failed. You see, regrets are a very real thing, and, and, uh, and, and bad things happen. Choices are made that, that have consequences, but sometimes we spend a lot of time, rather than looking around, we spend a lot of time looking back at, at those regrets. It's very hard pressing on when we fixate on regrets. Some people look back, and uh, they look back on their, their memories. Uh, in some cases, memories we'd rather forget. I mean, if, if we know that if we're in Jesus Christ, we've been singing about his forgiveness. We've been singing about his mercy. And, and we're going to talk more about that even at the end of, of our time. But we, we know that as followers of Jesus Christ, in our minds, we know that we're forgiven and by faith we accept that, but, but we still remember, have certain memories that are associated with the choices, the sins that, that are forgiven, but the sins in our past. And we can look back at some of those memories. Uh, David, in, in Psalm, nine, uh, excuse me, Psalm 51, uh, is, is a powerful text where he's, he's really writing out his repentance after a very significant time of failure in his life. And I think that maybe this is what David was referring to when in Psalm 51 he wrote, For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. And I think that, that, that David could look back and he, he saw how he had essentially had a man murdered, how he had taken another, person's, another man's wife, how, how a child had died because of his choices and and I, I think he looks back and there's a lot of, a lot of memories that are associated with sin that, that he, know, he knew that God had, had, had extended at least as much as possible at that point before Jesus, but there was still the reminder of that, the memory of the things that he had done. Can you relate to that? Is that, is that something that sometimes you look back and you go, I know it's under the blood, I know it's forgiven, but I still remember even good memories can keep us really looking back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes. 
we, we, can, we can look back and, 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 and we can remember things. Good memories, not, not those associated with bad choices, but, but good things. We can look back. Good memories can keep people looking back. Uh, here's a couple of examples. Oh, oh, when the kids were small, those, those were the good days. Or, uh, I heard this one not too long ago. It wasn't anybody here. Oh, when that person was president, oh, those were the good days. Or when our society did this, oh, those were the good days. And, and we don't look back shaking our heads and, and like, I can't believe I did that. But we look back with a smile and a fondness. And we, there's so much ahead of us and there's so much around us. But we, we can kind of look back on some of those good memories. Or how about this one? Oh, when the church was that way, those were the good days. When we did that, oh, those were the good days. Oh, I remember back in 19-something, those were the good days. So enamored by how things used to be in some aspect of our lives, we miss the opportunities that are around us and ahead of us. Even with the good memories, sometimes we can just, we, we, we spend so much time looking back. Some people look back and they see injustices. Injustices would be different than, than regrets because it's not so much what we did, but perhaps what others did to us. Is there someone that let you down? And you remember that, and you look back. Or someone broke a marriage vow, and you look back. Or someone betrayed you. I mean, they, they, they did the Judas number on you. And you look back, and it seems like even though you're, you're moving forward or you're wanting to move forward, you just keep looking back. At that injustice. The fact is that none of us, none of us can get through life without someone hurting us or doing us wrong. <laughs> I was having a conversation with some, someday, sometimes I'm, I, it's not that I'm insensitive, I'm intentionally blunt. And I was talking with someone and they were saying, oh, that person hurt me. And I said, well, welcome to life. You're going to get hurt. And that's just the reality. People are going to say things. They're going to do things that they're going to hurt. And they're going to wound you. And it's going to be unjust, and they shouldn't have done it. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot in life. It's going to happen a lot going forward. None of us are going to get away from this. And it, it, but it's easy to focus in on that person or that group or that entity or that, that, that event it's so easy to look back upon that, that person or that group and what they did back there. People can look back and they can, they can see traumas, big things. A family member died when you were young or you were molested as a child or you were physically abused or you lost your home or your family broke apart during some very formative years. Please understand, I'm not taking any of those things lightly. 
Some of what I just said applies to me. Those are very real things and they're very difficult things. They're, they're traumatic things. Have you ever noticed on some mirrors, and it seems like um, maybe it's more the right-hand auto mirror where it, it has this little, uh, in light print at the bottom, it says, uh, some objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Remember, you've seen that? Some objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And for some of you, though it may have been long in the distance, in the long distant past, it still feels like it's right there. Because it was very real and it was very painful and it, it happened at a crucial time. It was long ago, but it, it, was, it was just, it was, it was right there. I'm not giving much hope yet. That's coming, but I'm still kind of just fleshing this out, helping you understand that the things that we can fixate on in our past. Some people look back on missed opportunities. You didn't take the time for that person, or you didn't attend that school, or you didn't take that job, or you didn't marry that, that person. And I suppose that too is a kind of a regret. But here's the thing. Uh, I have found with missed opportunities, oftentimes it's the enemy of our souls who's pointing in the mirror and say, look how your life would be different if you would have chosen that. It's a regret, but missed opportunities seem to be something that the enemy really uses with people. What could have been had I done this? And people look back, and I hear these things. Excuse me. I have found that when people spend much time and much energy, because you see, it's not just time spent looking back, but it's energy that is spent in looking back. Not so much on the good things, not so much energy is expended on that, but when we look back with regret, or when we look back on, on traumas, or when we look back on, on uh, uh, failed expectations, or when we look back on missed opportunities, when we look back on those things, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of time. It, we spend a lot of effort. Uh, it, it, it takes a lot out of us when we look back and we go, there it is. And people, every time it seems that they look back and they see the choices that they've made and, and some of the guilt perhaps associated with that or the memories associated with it, every time we look in that rearview mirror, we're reminded of what was, we're reminded of what could have been, we're reminded of how it used to be but it's not now, and we spend just a little bit more energy on that because we're looking back. I've found that when people spend much time and energy looking back, some experience depression. I'm not minimizing, and I know that there are a lot of factors in that, and there's a lot of causes of it, but there are some people who are perpetually defeated because they're spending so much time looking into the rearview mirror at their pasts. And they're defeated. They're defeated in their mind. They're defeated in their spirit. Some become angry. Some look back at what that person did to them and they become angry and they rage and then they forget about it but then they glance in the mirror again and because it's just turned perfectly at that one thing, that's what comes up every time. That's what they see every time and they're reminded of what that person did. And the rage comes. 
They, they look back and they see what, how my life could be different had they not done that. And every time they look back, every time they look in, as it were, that rear view mirror, they just get a little bit more angry. And here's the thing. I've seen this. When there is anger, if it is not left, if it is not dealt with, if we're continually reminded of those things that could, and we're, we become angry, if that's the result, then one of the things that comes about is a broken marriage or broken friendships. There are even broken churches because people spend too much time looking back. Some Christians, I'm talking, again, I'm, I, I'm, I'm addressing for the most part, believers, you're going to have opportunity if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus yet. But I'm speaking, I know, both here in this room and, and online, many of you, most of you have experienced new life in Jesus Christ. But there are Christians who are believing Satan's lies about their past, and they even become insecure in their faith, even to the point of doubting their salvation so fixated upon what has happened in the past, so focused upon that, 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 that they, they even wonder, am I saved? <laughs> you know, I have some wonderful memories, and I have some great things in my past, but even the victories... Even some of the victories can, we can look back and go, oh, I remember how the Lord used me there. I remember what he did in my past. And I forget about the victories that are ahead of me and the victories that are around us. When it says there in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, about forgetting those things, it doesn't mean that we excise all memories from our minds. It doesn't mean that suddenly, uh, once we come to Jesus, that we don't remember anything in our B.C., our before Christ days. It's not what this is referring to. Paul still had the ability, cognitively, to look back and remember the titles and the accomplishments and the failures and all of that. It's not talking about excising those things from our memory banks, taking out the, the, the hard drive, if you will, and just wash, doing the hard reset. It means that we are no longer bound or defined by those things. Let me say that again. It doesn't mean that we forget cognitively all the things that happened. It means that we are no longer bound or defined by those things. That those things did happen to me. Yes, I was this person. Yes, I did that thing. Yes, that thing was done to me. I recognize that. And it's all back there. And I can, if, if, if necessary, pull up the memory. But I am, not, I am no longer bound by those things. And I am no longer defined by those things. Jesus has changed my life. He set me free. And the things that I did and the things that were done to me, yes, while they are a point of history, glory to God, I'm not going to spend much time looking back. I'm going to spend time looking forward. Trusting God for what's ahead and what's around. Things good or bad. Things good or bad. 
You see, when someone comes to Jesus Christ, let me give you another verse. When someone comes to Jesus Christ, the old part of us dies, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, texts about that, about the old part of us dying and a new person comes, comes to life. Let me give you this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a powerful verse. It's forward thinking. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things, the old identifiers, the old regrets, the old failures, the old injustices, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Many of you here this morning are uh, newer in the church and many of you new in the faith. And uh, the enemy is, the Bible refers to him as the, refers to Satan as the accuser. And Satan is really good at accusing. And Satan is really good at pointing out your, your, your past He's really good at pointing in the rearview mirror and saying, I remember what you did. I remember how many times you did it. I know how many times you did it to that person and, 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 and things that were done to you. The enemy is really good at accusing and saying, this is what you are and you'll never be anything else other than that. But this verse says, and you see it there, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You need to really get a hold of that. Some of you need to write it down and put it in a prominent place. Some of you need to commit it to memory because you need to remind it when Satan tries remind, this is not original with me, but when Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. He's going to be in the lake of fire. The enemy is very good at reminding you of our past, but glory to God, we have a glorious future because Jesus has made everything new. Now, let me add to that. If you know somebody who has come to Jesus Christ and you know about their past, then don't you go and talking about their past because they are a new creation. So if somebody is here and you, you're just meeting them and you're going, oh, wait a minute, that person, that person did a number on me 20 years ago. That person hurt me 20 years ago. Well, you know what? Something probably has happened between then and now. And one of those things is they may know Jesus Christ. And they're a new creation. So while Satan is our accuser, don't you be his accomplice and accuse them as well. Pretty quiet. When Paul said he was forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, he could do so because he knew that he was in Christ. See it there? It says, if anyone is in Christ, that's, that's the key. If you are in Christ, everything is different. If you are in Jesus, if you have accepted him as your Savior, if, if, if the cross has been, is more than just a symbol, but it's, it's a powerful truth and transformation experience in your life, then you, you are in Christ and you are a new creation. Hallelujah.
In a few minutes, we're going to receive communion. We're going to remember the Lord's Supper. So we're going to look back, right? We're going to look back. We're going to look back about 2,000 years. But we're going to look back not at what we did or didn't do. We're going to look back at what Jesus did. Communion is about remembering. Communion is about remembering what Jesus accomplished. On your way in this morning, I trust that you picked up one of the communion elements. And I'd like you to go ahead and just take it. It'd be a few minutes yet, so just, just hold on to it. But, but we have here, yeah, and if you don't, just go ahead and make your way out and back and, and get some of these. All right? We just want to make sure. It'll be a few minutes before we get there. Yeah, I want you to, I want you to get those. Anyone else need one? Um, don't open it yet. But I want you to see that. I want you to hold it in your hand. Um, we have here in, in our hands now both the cup and the bread. This is a little dispenser. It has both there. We have both the cup and the bread. The cup represents Jesus' blood. Right? The cup. This, part, this represents Jesus' blood. And, and what we do is we remember... We remember how Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says this, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, excuse me, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. But because Jesus shed his blood, you have forgiveness. You mean forgiven. Yeah, the thing you did last week, if you come to Jesus and you say, forgive me Jesus, because of what he accomplished, we're looking back, because of what he accomplished, we are forgiven. Hallelujah. Also in receiving communion, we remember that the bread, there on top, that the bread represents Jesus' body. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, says, we've been made holy. That's looking back. Made holy. It's past tense. Or actually, it's present tense. But we've been made holy... Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, once for all. That's looking forward. Let me read it again. We've been made holy. That's looking back at the cross. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, once and for all. That's looking forward. You see, th this is not just a, uh, a little plastic holder containing a couple of a little drink and a little food. It's representative of Jesus' body, what he accomplished. So because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of what he accomplished, there's some of you this morning, you need to stop looking back. Stop living. To stop living without looking back, by faith we accept our new identity in Jesus. We need to stop believing what this world and what Satan is telling you. Some of you have been listening to what Satan tells you about your past. You've been listening to the world around you and saying, this is how you're defined. Stop believing the lies that this world and that Satan is telling you. The old you is dead. You are no longer a part of Adam's dysfunctional family. You are in Christ's family. 
When I was a kid, there was a TV show. My folks never let us watch it, but I was aware of it because I had a neighbor kid. All right. It was called The Adams Family. Don't waste your time watching. It was a stupid program. It was, it was like this most dysfunctional, creepy family imaginable. You're saying I'm part of that family? Yeah, because there was this man named Adam. Way back at the very beginning, Adam and Eve made a choice, and because of that, we're a part of Adam's family. But it's a dysfunctional family. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made it possible for us to come into his family, and we're part of Jesus' family, not the Adam's family. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. You don't have to be a part of that dysfunctional family because you're a part of his family. And we not only accept the new identity in Christ, we act on our new identity in Christ. Jesus has forgiven you, so start acting like it. Jesus has forgiven you, so start acting. Jesus has put a new name on you, so start acting like it. Jesus has, has destroyed those things and, and, and rendered powerless those things in the past, so start living it. Every now and then, we need to look back and see how far we've come. I get that. But you spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror, you're never going to get anyplace. You're going to be in the ditch. And forward momentum will stop. But God has some amazing things for you. God has some amazing things for you. Stop looking back there and look around you. Oh, there's, there's, there's things for, that God has for you to enjoy and experience and lives to change and people to influence for, the, for, for Jesus Christ and for his kingdom. And start looking ahead. We have so much ahead. You're going, oh, I had a terrible childhood. Well, yeah, but you've got an amazing future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more thing. Some of you need to stop saying, I mean, today, stop saying, no more. This is it. Don't ever do this again. Some of you need to stop saying, well, I know Jesus has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Well, you never could. So stop saying it. That's looking back. If Jesus has forgiven you, you're forgiven. Live in it. Stop saying, well, I can't forgive myself. Well, of course you can't. You're not Jesus. But he can, and he has. Hallelujah. We're going to go to a time of communion now. I'm going to ask the musicians if they'll come. And, and guys, uh, make sure you bring, because we want you to share this as well. So make sure you bring the, the elements with you. Thank you, worship team. And um, we're, going to, we're going to look back for just a moment here. Uh, would, would you do this? Uh, some of you are familiar with how these things operate. There's two peel-aways there. The light, the clear one, peel that away and expose that, that, uh, that bread that represents Jesus' body. Go ahead and take that in your hands. We're not going to receive yet. We're going to receive this together, but I want you to have that ready. The Apostle Paul, the man that the Holy Spirit inspired to write Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and, forward, thir 13 and 14, about not looking back but straining forward, also, 
writes this, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says this, so the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You take that in your hand. Um, You do not need to be a member of this church but you do need to be a member of the family of God. If you have done that, take that in your hands. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the beating that you took. Through it, Lord, we have healing. Through it, Lord, when we suffer in some degree for your sake we identify with you I thank you for so willingly giving your life and so Lord we remember you it says there that we are to remember you thank you for your body let's receive this together continues it says in the same way after supper Jesus took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood that's looking forward isn't it this is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until looking back, looking forward. Jesus, we, we hold in our hands this representation of your blood, that blood that you so willingly shed. No one took it from you. You willingly shed it prior to the cross and on the cross. But in you becoming the sacrifice for our sins, you forgave our sins through your precious blood. It, it says there, Lord, that we, we do this until you come. When you come, whenever that might be, soon or far away, we don't know. But when you come, we know that we will be with you because of your sacrifice, because of your shed blood. We remember you and we thank you for your sacrifice. Let's receive this together. Stand with me, please, across this congregation, if you can. Stand across this congregation. 
I want you to know that these altars are going to be open, but I want to sing a song that we started with, and that is a singing scripture, John 3.16, really, the gospel, and much of the gospel enclosed in one verse. We're going to sing this together and uh, make it our anthem, our declaration on our way out. But these altars are going to be open. And again, um, we've, we've remembered, we've celebrated the Lord's Supper but we're going to live it outside this place, right? Living in his victory. And so let's think, sing this through, and then we're going to close in prayer. Let's sing this through. For God so loved Sing it out together. places around this community, really around this world, and we will bring the light of the gospel to people who are desperate and dying without it. I pray you'd use us, Lord, for your glory. Thank you for the world around us. 
Thank you for the opportunities around us. Thank you for the promises ahead of us. Thank you for the victories ahead of us. Thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful memories that we have. Lord, we will not live in nor be bound by our past. We look forward to all that you have for us, moving forward, pressing forward, straining toward that goal that you have for the prize that you promised. We thank you. We pray these things in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Go in the power and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. These altars are open if you want to pray. God bless you.